is the truth, there is righteousness, and that is something to be excited about. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Jesus changes everything. So this angel brought the best news, the good news, that, that uh, this world, no man can't, no mankind, and, and, and we needed to hear it, amen? How many know that we need to remember? I love the little, little vignette, the little play that we did here. She said, you know, she said she saw, thought she had to do more to the story. She had to add to the story. But the truth of the matter is the story is pure and it is right, and it can still make dead men come to life. It can still make the blind see Jesus. Jesus is still the hope for the world. Amen. Amen. I, I love that. And the truth is that, that, that we, uh, you know, if I would have been the Lord, I probably would have did a little bit better marketing, uh, you know, and this is why he's God and I am not. And, and, and honestly, in a marketing standpoint, the Lord chose the most lowly people to come and approach, and he did it in the most insignificant way when you think about it. The Lord didn't put up billboards all across Highway 37, and he didn't get on TV channels, and he didn't do commercials. He didn't do that. He sent one messenger to tell a, a group of people, a small group of people that Jesus was coming. How many know that good news travels fast? Amen. And can I tell you something? You have been called by God, uh, and the angel is a perfect example to us, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Has Christ redeemed you? Come on. If, if Christ has redeemed you, show me by, by waving your hand. If Christ has healed you, come on, show me by waving your hand. If God brought you out of the pit of despair, show me. Listen, you have the good news of Jesus in you, and someone needs to hear it. I love this. And so I want to look. The angel approached three different uh, people and began to speak to them and gave them this good news. And so I want to talk about this, this group. First, uh, the angel approached Mary. That's kind of important. It's always good. Tell the woman first. Come on, somebody, right? God knew what he was doing, right? And, and so, and this is what we know. Point number one right here, Mary accepted it. Everyone say, Mary accepted it. And our little vignette said that the first I am or the first text message uh, was an important, a very important player in the story. Because how many know you can't have a baby without a woman? Oh, boy, that, 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 that's some real truth in here. Some all, come on, society needs to hear that. All right. Pastor, come on, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I don't want to offend you, but I just want to speak the truth. Look at this, Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 28. It says this, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. Mm, think about that statement for a moment. The angel of the Lord comes to you and says, you're favored. The Lord is with you. Mm. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. And he will be great 
and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. What does that mean? Those were the descendants of Jesus. David was related to Jesus through lineage. Jacob was related to David, so Jesus was related to uh, David and Jacob. And, and so he's talking about his lineage, and of his kingdom there will be what? Listen, society says that the kingdom of God can't be built. God says it ain't going to end. There will be no, the angels, man, just throwing some prophetic word down right here. And at first, the young Mary's probably uh, most believed that she was probably of the age 13 to 14, maybe 15 years old. I don't know. Uh, we don't know. I guess it's one of the things we'll find out when we get to heaven. And, and, but she begins to, to kind of question the angel because, you know what, she had a good, a good you know, m moment there just to say, you know what, I, I, I'm a little skeptical of this because I have not been with a man. And if you don't know what that means, you can figure it out, all right? Had not been with a man. You see, it, 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 it's, uh, it's impossible, she's thinking in her mind, because I, I am a virgin. And, 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 you know, and I don't think she's speaking from doubt, but she's speaking from sheer wisdom here, right? It, it only makes sense that an egg is not boiled unless it's put in water, right, and boiled, uh, all right? And so that only makes sense. And so in her mind, she's saying this, not that she's doubting it. The angel says, look at this. I love this. The angel's response is this. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. You will have a son, and he'll be the most high. But since you aren't sure how this is going to work out, let me show you this. If you read a little bit further, uh, that it goes on to say, I'm going to show you how God is the God of the impossible. Look at this. He says this. The angel says this. I'm going to paraphrase it. Mary, your cousin, Elizabeth. That was her, her cousin, uh, you know, and, and Elizabeth, yes. And, and she would have known Elizabeth. Elizabeth was barren. She could not have children, all right? And, and, and the angel of the Lord looks at her and looks at Mary and says, listen, your cousin, Elizabeth, guess what? She is pregnant, and she is with child. And, 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 and actually, in the translation that I have, it actually says she was barren, all right? How many know when God gets a hold of it, it was, it was, it is, it, it is, amen? How many know that God can change your situation? Nothing, and then the angel says this, for nothing is what? Impossible with. Let me ask you this. What are you facing today that seems impossible? That seems like, man, there is no way this thing's going to work out. And can I just tell you, look at this little story right here and know that God can do anything that God wants to do. Amen. So what I love about this story is this gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and hey, Mary, your, your, your cousin who was barren, guess what? She's pregnant. She's going to have a baby. You know what that would do? That would make my faith arise. I'd be like, whoo, really? That, that's amazing. And she realized, guess what? I am not alone in this, that God is with me. She realized that all things are possible. Everyone say, all things are possible because God was with her. Look at this. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. It says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. When's the last time you told the Lord that? I, I, that's just a good rhetorical question right there. When's the last time you, in your prayer time you said, Lord, I'm your servant. Not my will, your will be done. 
whatever you want to do with this old body of mine, this flesh of mine, you do it. You have your way. And look at this. He said this. I am the Lord. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to who? To what? Your? His what? All right. And the angel departed from her. So Mary's response uh, to this good news was one of faith, belief, and acceptance. How many know that in our lives, when God comes to us, we often doubt? We often struggle. God, this is impossible. This, ain't, this is not feasible. And God's like, hey, he's nudging us along. He's saying, listen, will you respond with faith? Will you respond with acceptance? Will you respond with belief? Look at this. Romans 10, 11 says this. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And I love this about Mary. She didn't know the result of all this. You know, she's probably thinking, what is my, what is my, uh, you know, my engaged husband going to think? What is Joseph going to think about this? How is he going to respond to this? I don't know what's going to happen. But how many know that when we trust God, he will work out the details and you will not be put to shame is what the scripture tells us. Paul wrote it. But I love this. Before it was ever written, Mary walked it out. She said, let it be, let it be. Let it be, let it be, speaking words of wisdom, let it. She said it long before the Beatles ever said it. She said, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you have for me, I'm yours. And I wonder if we took this good news as serious as as we needed to, if we would respond in the same way, God, I am your servant. God, whatever you want to do with me, Lord, and and you you would take off the titles off. Well, I'm an introvert. I could never tell anyone about Jesus. That is a lie. The Holy Spirit can change you, can work through you, can speak through you. Come on. And, And it can do great things in you. But look at this. I pray this, that we'll be a people that will accept the Lord at his word. Amen. Even if it seems crazy or impossible, look at this, Romans 10, 9, it says this. It says that if you confess with your mouth, all right, everyone say confess. Jesus is Lord. And what? Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Simple thing right there. And uh, Two things that, that I think that we look at when we look at Mary that she, she shows us, maybe in a little bit different way, that can help us. Number one, she accepts it in faith, and she submits to the Lord in faith, first and foremost. God, I submit my will to yours. It looks crazy to me. I don't understand it. I don't have all the details. But, Lord, whatever you want, here I am. Use me. That's number one. And then, and then but, but we have to do the same in our lives. We have to believe on the Lord in our hearts, and we have to submit to his word and say, God, I'm going to follow your plan, whatever it is. Amen. Everyone say, she accepted it. All right. So, so when the gospel or good news, the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was told to us, the first person that, that knew that Jesus was coming was Mary. How many know that's an important role? Amen. So the angel told Mary, and in faith and submission to God's word, she accepted it. Here's the second person that the angel visited. All right, you ready for this? Joseph. And Joseph doubted it. Everyone say, Joseph doubted it. How many of you, uh, uh, sometimes situations happen and, and you look at circumstances with doubt rather than faith? Well, I don't know about that. I don't know how that's going to work out, right? How many know that we're people of faith? Nowhere in the scripture do I see that, our, that we grow in God by doubting. 
Matter of fact, Doubting Thomas, <laughs> come on, how would you like to be titled that for the rest of your lives? One mistake. One time, I was just a little curious, and I was like, Lord, I have to feel you. I, I need to know. Let me see your hands. And he had to know that, that Jesus was who he was. He had a little bit of doubt in his life. But, but look at this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23, the, the, the angel of the Lord came and said this. Now the birth of Jesus to, jo to Joseph, uh, uh, Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, that means before they consummated their marriage, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, come on, that's a good guy, look at this, resolved to divorce her quietly. So, you know, Mary, she probably told Joseph, and can you imagine Joseph's response right off the get-go? I don't know about you, I'd be going, ah, something ain't adding up here, Mary. What do you mean a miracle from God? What do you mean an angel came to see you? Uh, I love you, and I trust you, but right now, I got a little doubt in my heart. Amen? I mean, I, I can understand that a little bit. Mary, Mary would have told him this event about the angel, and you can imagine uh, that, you know, if Joseph was probably, for the younger group down here, hey, Mary, uh, you're a little sus. You're acting a little sus right now. They know what I'm talking about. You don't. All right. But can you blame the guy? Mary, there's no way. You're telling a whopper. You're telling a story. You, you, you're telling me this. And, and so I think the best thing that I can do, I love you, but the best thing I can do is just divorce you quietly. We'll just keep it under wraps. It'll, it'll just go away. We'll just part ways and, and not make a big scene. And, but I love Mary's faith it had grown. And, and here's what we have to understand. Mary's faith had grown because she had this experience with the Lord. But, but Joseph had not yet had that mustard seed faith experience yet. How many know that sometimes when we're doubting, hey, what we have to do is hit our knees. And we got to get to the place to say, hey, God, increase my faith. God, help me to understand what you are doing. And I love this. He had his doubts. Everyone say doubts. Isn't that like you and I? God tells you to do something, we have our doubts. You know, there's been times where I've been out in public, and God has told me, go talk to this person. And I'm like, God, I don't want to talk to this person right here, right now. Uh, I just, I don't want to do that, or go do this, or go help this person. Uh, the other day, I, I, I like, I saw someone, they were leaving a store, and I have a pickup, and they were trying to put a rocking chair in the back of this car. I mean, and I was just watching them struggle doing it, and I thought, man, I, I was like, man, I, I really feel bad. And the Holy Spirit said, why don't you go ask them if you can put that in the back of your truck and follow them home? And I was like, man, I don't have time for this, Lord. Doubt, 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 doubt. And I got out of my truck, and I was trying to explain it away in my mind. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. You know, and as I got closer to this, and it's funny. They were parked in the most obscure place all by themselves, and I parked right next to them. The Holy Spirit just drew me right to them. I don't, you know, that's just how he works. And it was amazing to me because in that moment, I was, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't have time for this. You know, and they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm going to steal their rocking chair. You know, all these things were going through my mind. And I went up to them, and I said, listen, I said, I've got a truck. I said, where do you live? Do you live in town? And they said, yes, because if they lived in Olytic or somewhere, I would have been like, you're on your own. No, I wouldn't have done that. I'd have helped them out. But, but, and I said, I said, you know, uh, I said, can I help you? Can I put this in the back of my truck? I see you're struggling to get this in your car. And, and, and the guy didn't have any rope or anything. And he said, oh, that would be great. 
And I was like, well, here we go. We're all in. Open up my truck, put it in the back of my truck. I said, listen, I'll follow you. I promise I'm not trying to steal your rocking chair. I followed them home, and I took it, took it there and dropped it off at their house. And I said, man, you have a blessed day. And they tried to give me money. I said, I don't want your money because, you, you know, listen, it, it, it's not, I appreciate the gesture of it. But listen, God gave me that moment. And if I would have let doubt guide me, I'd have missed a moment with those people. Now, I haven't told a whole lot of people that story. I don't like doing that. I really don't because I know, you know, the Bible says, you know, you whatever your hand is, don't tell nobody and all this. But I tell you that as an example, those are small moments that we doubt that God can do extraordinary things. Whether you realize it or not, just showing someone a little bit of kindness, putting a smile on your face, taking a little time to just bless somebody. And, and, and so we look at we look at, at Joseph here and his faith is a little bit shaken and, uh, you know, um, and oftentimes, when God tells us to do something, we automatically go to doubt mode instead of faith mode. Like, no, God, I don't have time for this today. I, I've got things to do. I've got places to go. I've got people to see, right? And God's like, no, this is what I want you to do right now. You know, I, I begin to think about this. I have to remember that Mary, you know, she had been told this good news, and Joseph had not. So Joseph's, Joseph's doubt was real and it was relevant like ours at times. And Mary shared this good news, but Joseph still was struggling within himself. Have you ever struggled with something that the Lord's told you to do and you were just struggling with it? Somebody else was like, man, just have faith. Mary, that's easy for you to say, right? And so look at this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 through 23. It says this, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel. So he's considering divorcing her. That's the things that's going through his mind. How do I do this? How do I do this? But as he considered these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. For he will, say it, he will what? He will what? Woo. He will save his people from their sins. You know who that is? That's you. That's me. That's everybody that's under the covenant of Jesus Christ. Verse 22 says this, and all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Verse 23, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen. I love this. Uh, you know, uh, I, I love this. The, 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 uh, uh, right, the angel, God sends this angel right in the most obscure place, really, because Joseph is in the middle of his doubt. He is in the middle of this battle in his mind. He's trying to figure this out. He's like, God, I don't understand this. And God sends the angel right in the middle of his doubting moment. And you know what? God will do the same for you. You know God will send you things and people uh, to, to speak into your life, maybe visions in a dream like, like what Joseph. But God will send people to, to push the doubt of your life, right? And so doubt is such a common struggle for all of us. I, I've doubted myself and missed out on living out my purpose. And I've, I've doubted God, giving way to fear and worry. Come on, has anybody being real with me? You ever done that? I've doubted friends sinking into a hopeless world of, of what ifs. Come on, you ever been there? It's like, what if this happens? What if I, what if I do this? And, and, you know, what if I tell this person about Jesus and they punch me in the nose? Come on, you ever thought that? I have. Yeah, 
you haven't you haven't done street evangelism, if you've never done that, if you've never felt that in your mind, like, man, this guy's going to punch me in the face. But maybe you're in a season of doubt or uncertainty, but can I encourage you, Joseph was in a real season of doubt. And can I tell you something? God will meet you in your doubt. Not only did God meet Joseph in his doubt, but you remember Peter, come on, after he had denied Jesus three times, you know what, and Jesus was crucified, and, and he went off on a pity party, and you know, Peter's like, I failed, I messed up, and he's like, I'm going to go back to fishing, and he goes out there, and then he sees Jesus on the shoreline after Jesus resurrects, and he swims over to him, and he goes out, and, and, and I love Jesus' response, Peter, uh, man, do you love me, right? Three times he asked him that question, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, and it just as if he's saying, listen, I know you got doubts, I know you're struggling right now, but I can meet you, and there is hope at the end of this tunnel. Amen? I love that. Joseph, I, I know you're in doubt, but Mary will bear a son, conceived of the Holy Spirit. You'll, you'll name him Jesus, by the way. You get to name him. Come on. And here's the big, big thing. He'll save his people from their sins. You know what? I could say that over and over. Some of you would just sit there. I think we've become so familiar with that phrase and this story that we forget how extraordinary God has been to us. Right? I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to ruffle up the nest today. Listen, because some of us got to get out of our, our little attitude that I deserve this, I'm entitled to this. No, you don't. God has been gracious to you. You ought to be excited about his mercy upon your life and how he has kept you. Amen? That's good news. I love this. God with us, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is, is not a name, okay? So I know some of you think, well, it's a name. Well, it's not a name, but it's, but it's actually this. It's Jesus' nature. God is with us. It's two things. He is God who became human, right? I mean, no, Jesus came down. He was God, and he was flesh. He, he did this simultaneously. This is amazing. But, but it shows Jesus' human side. But his virgin birth shows Jesus' deity, amen, because it is not humanly possible, and it fulfills prophecy. Here's what God does in Isaiah chapter 7, 14. The prophet Isaiah said this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and, and, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Bible says, When he awoke, he followed the angel's instruction, and he took Mary in, as his wife. And when Jesus was born, he named him Jesus. And how many know that Jesus would go on to fulfill that last thing, that he would go to the cross and he would die and he would be resurrected for our sins forever and he would, would wipe away our sins. Amen? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise on Jesus changes everything. 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 He changes everything. Amen? I love that. And doubt will be removed. Listen. If you're in doubt, Jesus can come in and he'll turn that doubt into faith. If you're offended or you have offense, God will turn that offense into love. If you have pain, God will turn that pain into something good. If you have sin, he will forgive you. Come on, all you have to do is have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And even in the middle of Joseph's doubt, come on, God met him there. God is so gracious to us. Amen. Here's the last group that, that, that God 
uh, the angel came and spoke to. And this is it. The, so, so we know Mary accepted it. We know Joseph doubted it. Come on, but he came around. Come on, the Lord's working on us. Some of us are a little more stubborn than others, right? But here's the last thing. The shepherd shouted it. Everyone say, the shepherd shouted it. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12, it says this, In the same region were shepherds out of the field, keeping watch over the, their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord, that's what we're talking about that today. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear, right? And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. He brings what? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Of great joy that will be for some people. All the people, all the people, everybody, everyone say everybody. All right, thank you. For unto you is born this day the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that the ba- you'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So if, if you think that Mary and Joseph were unqualified to receive such news, man, when you look at the shepherds, they were really underqualified. The fact that God, this tells me that God doesn't care about human marketing whatsoever. He picked the most underqualified uh, people, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to tell this good news to. So let's put it this way. If these shepherds had applied for a job and you were the boss, you'd have took their application and say, yeah, that's nice. And you would have put it in the bottom of a pile and you would not even have approached it. See, shepherds in that day, they were looked down upon in society. They were people who were, you know what, you're just better out there taking care of animals. You, you're a lowly shepherd. You, you, your role is, is not that important. Uh, you know, and matter of fact, they couldn't even testify in court because they were seen as people who were not good witnesses. Even if they saw something happen, they couldn't, they couldn't testify because they were shady people, supposedly. How many know that God, you, uh, man, he'll use the things of the foolish to confound the wise. How many know that God will use the humble, come on, and bring down pride? How many know that God will use the insignificant to do great things? You know what that tells me? There's hope for me and there's hope for you. I don't know about you. Man, that gets me fired up. Pastor, you're fired up today. I know. But it's amazing to me that God gives these shepherds a VIP treatment. It's amazing to me. It just blows my mind. And, uh, you know, if I would have been God, I'd have been like, I'm going to go to the kings, and I'm going to go to the queens, and I'm going to go to the dignitaries, and I'm going to go to the generals of the armies. I'm going to tell them about my son's coming. No, God's like, no, nah, we're going to the insignificant shepherds out here on the field traveling. It, it blows my mind. It's just how God works. God resists the proud but gives grace to the what? Hmm. The good news is for all people, the fact that, that God would use marginalized people to be the ones to spread his coming seems crazy to us. The fact that God would use marginalized people like us who are saved by grace to carry the good news of Jesus Christ ought to blow your mind sometimes. It, 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 it should. How many remember, uh, some of you are old enough to remember, I forget what year it was, but I remember, how many, how many remember the year that Coke, Coca-Cola decided, hey, we are going to do something new. We're going to change the formula for Coke for the first time in a long time, and, and they p- brought out new Coke. And listen, they promoted it, they pushed it, and it went over like a lead balloon, right? And the people were like, this is terrible. This is trash. How many know that you don't change the old formula? You, you stick with what, 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 what is good, right? And there's something that, that we can learn from that. That is this, that God's ways are not our ways. 
I don't have to understand why God does and why God uses some people and not others and different things. But God's ways are not our ways. And the angels, they're there and, and, and with the shepherds, and they start singing and the angelic host, it says, and they say, glory to God in the highest peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Come on, we hear that all throughout the Christmas season over and over. And they're out there singing it. Not one angel. There's a whole band of angels. Come on. And they're out there singing, and the shepherds are like, what is going on? amazing right and, and they and, and so the shepherds are so excited they run they go find Jesus in the manger uh, like the angel said in Luke chapter 2 verse 17 through 20 it says this and then they saw it talking about the scene not talking about Jesus as an it okay they saw it the manger scene and they had made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child verse 18 and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them you catch that? All the people that, that, that they told this about, guess what? They wondered. They were in awe. They were going, hmm, that is an interesting story. Anybody ever told you an interesting story that just had your mind? Or maybe, like some of you right now, you're someone's telling you something, and you've checked out mentally, right? Some of you are checked out mentally right now. Come on. Everyone shake your neighbor. Say, wake, wake up. Get back in here. All right? But, but, but it says this, that uh, the shepherds had told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Sometimes, come on, God's dealing with us. And some things that the Lord, I'm learning this in my life, some of the things that God is dealing with me personally, guess what? I don't always need to tell everybody about. I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing that Mary's doing. She's, she's treasuring this. She's pondering these things in her heart right there in that moment. Uh, some things, man, this, is, this one's just for me. This is a little kid I want to know. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Everyone say praising. And they had uh, they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So so we find them leaving this scene and they're praising God. So that tells me this that they're not walking out like this. See you, Jesus. No, they're like, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. People wonder that what they heard from the shepherds. Let me ask you this. Listen, this is a good question. Are people in awe and wonder of the God you serve by your life? Are you praising God like the shepherds? Or are you walking out in silence and quiet? It's a good question. Are they drawn to the Lord by your excitement or your faith in God? Do they, do they see the Jesus Christ in you? Or have we marginalized shouting it out to, to the world, you know, uh, that the good news of Jesus Christ, and we're just like, you know, it is what it is. Second Corinthians, I, I love this verse, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, says this in the NLT. It says, we, we now have this light shining in our hearts. That, everyone say, the light is Jesus. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. Some of us are a little more fragile than others, right? Uh, containing this great treasure this makes it clear that our great power is from where? Not ourselves. I love this. So this good news and this gospel is bigger than you and I. Can I tell you that? You're, you're just a, a fragile clay jar. I can say it. Paul said it. Take it up with him. That's, that's what you are. It, now, I want you to stop and think about this. The God of the universe put the good news of Jesus Christ inside of a fragile clay jar. Do you think God's scared that the gospel isn't going to go through us? 
man, this gospel has stood through time, and, and 2,000 years, it's still, it's still going. But here's what we have to understand. But like the shepherd, God puts this gospel this into us. Why? Uh, because we're good marketers? No. Because we have the most money and resources? No, ab- absolutely not. You know why God puts this light in us? Because we are changed. <laughs> Amen? Everyone say, Jesus changes everything. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Come on, run up here, guys, as fast as you can. Here's what I want to tell you. The angels started good news. And, and good news started a domino effect, if you, if, you, if you will. Let's put it like that. How many have ever stacked up dominoes? Right? And you push one domino, and if you do it right, the next one falls, the next one falls, the next one falls, the next one falls, right? Or if you do it right, and if you mess up, you know, you miss it, you got to redo it all, right? I love watching those things. But the angel started something. This good news that the angel brought, brought started a domino effect that has affected us for 2,000 years, still to this day. Amen? I love this. Uh, Mary, you know what she did? She accepted it. Everyone say, Mary accepted it. Joseph's initial response was that he doubted it, but but he would turn around and God would get him. God will meet you right where you're at. That tells me this: if you're in a season of doubt and you're in a season of, of of where you're struggling, that God will meet you right where you're at. Amen. How many believe that? And here's the last one: the shepherds shouted it. They praised God, and they t- they told all who would listen, even if they were marginalized on the side of society. You crazy old shepherd! I know, but you don't understand what I saw. But I, I tell you this, the angel, one of the things that we can glean from the angel, and I said this at the beginning of my, of my sermon, is this. The angel is a glaring example of what we are to do to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. I think most of us, most of us, listen, in our lives, uh, we're okay being undercover people of God. I go to work. How many people at your work know that you go to church? Right? How many, how many people at your work know that you serve Jesus? We're like the secret agent man, like and not telling people about, about Christ. But listen, how many know that God has called us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? He put it in us, little fragile clay jars. The, the gospel is not fragile. We are. Well, what if I tell someone and they reject, reject me? They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus when you tell them. 2 Corinthians 4.3 says this, that if our gospel be hid, it is what? It is what? To who? Mm. Has the gospel been hidden in your heart? That it's not being used? I, I want to I end on this powerful illustration here. On April 12th, 1912, famous day. The RMS Titanic took its maiden voyage, right? How many have ever heard this story, or, you know, about the Titanic? And, and from Belfast, Ireland to Southampton, England, uh, it, it, it went there, and then it picked up people. And from there, it would try to cross the Atlantic on its first continental, uh, you know, trip across the Atlantic Ocean there. And, and they were, there was 2,240 passengers on board. And the RMS Titanic would seal its fate by running into an iceberg about 300 miles from the land. Uh, near Canada, okay, so check this out. I learned this when I was in, in Ireland. I went to the Titanic Museum, and I, I never knew this story, and it blew my mind, and I thought, this is crazy, but check this out. The, the closest ship to the Titanic was the SS California. 
the SS California, get that in your mind. The California was traveling from Liverpool, England to Boston, and, and in the process through traveling had spotted the icebergs, and due to timing and the risk of icebergs, the ship set up for the night. And look, look at this. The, the ship, the SS California, was only 20 kilometers away from where the Titanic sunk. Check this out. This, this, this blew me away. Captain Stanley Lord, who was the captain of the SS California, would retire to his cabin. And, and they, would, they would be close enough to the Titanic in the dark of night to be able to see the Titanic's lights possibly and, 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 and to understand that there's, there's another ship out there. But this is, this is amazing to me. You know, as, as the Titanic began to, to sink, their, their lookout guy was for the SS California was looking out over the ocean, and he saw the lights, and he saw the flares, and he mistook the flares, he, uh, you know, he mistook the flares for, for falling stars. He thought it was a falling star. And you know what? It's, uh, th this, this story is he was unsure, so he took his little lantern, and he began to flash SOS to them or uh, Morse code to them to see if they needed help, to see if it was a ship, to understand what was going on. They, he didn't even know what was going on. And when he did this, they never responded to him. And this night watchman gave up and went to bed. He ended his shift and he retired to bed. And, and this is amazing. The, the radio operator, Cyril Evans, look at this, look at this. Cyril Evans of the SS California forgot to set up the automated warning system that would have alerted them of the distress calls that they would have received that night. Everything was turned off and they went to bed. Of the 2,240 people on board, over 1,500 people would lose their lives that cold April night. Here's what I want you to get. Had the SS California been awake and not sleeping, most of those people would have been saved that night. Matter of fact, the SS California didn't even move until the next morning because they didn't even realize everything that was going on. So here's my challenge. Here's my challenge to us, like the angels. Are we too busy as a people not sharing the good news? Are we slumbering? Not my job. No one's responding. Are, are, are we shutting down to this lost and dying world? And the, and the world's sending up flares right now. Listen, the world's falling apart. And they're saying, we need help. We need help. We don't know what to do. We're trying everything. And how many know that we have this gospel in us that can change lives, that can save lives, that can bring people to, to knowing saving grace of Jesus Christ? Amen. Can I just say this? As we end this, someone's depending on you. Someone's depending on you. Someone is depending on your life your message, your hope that is in you. How many know that Jesus changed you? He can change other people through you. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? Thank you for your patience today. Thank you. God, I thank you for your grace and mercy today. God, I know that this, some may say, well, this is a very evangelistic service, sermon on the Christmas time, but man, the good news is Jesus Christ has come to save the world for all men. And I think, I, I say this, God forgive us if we've become complacent and made it just about us and not telling other people about Jesus Christ. God, I pray, Lord, that you would shake us to the core. 
and remind us that our, our mission is to tell people. Lord, the angel is a perfect example to us. Lord, you have called us, send us. God, give us a voice to speak, a wisdom to, to discern the Holy Spirit, not what we want, but what the Holy Spirit wants. If you're here today, say, Pastor, I hear you loud and clear. I've been slumbering. I, I've, I've been like the captain. I went to my bed. I went to sleep like the, the radio responder to the SS California. I, I've, I've just turned down all communication with that. It is what it is. I'm saved. It doesn't matter about the other. If that's you and you say, Pastor, I, 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 I need to ask the Lord to forgive me of my heart. I need to ask the Lord to help me to spread the good news that, that the light of Jesus better here on earth. Maybe you're not good at it. That's okay. Man, we'll train you. We'll help you. But if you say that in your heart, say, hey, that's me, Pastor. I, 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 just, I just need a touch from God. Would you just do this just quietly, just right where you are, all heads bowed. Would you just stand? I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you. It's okay. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. It's all right. souls, Lord, would just burn. God, that it would be, that we'd be about kingdom work, that we'd be about expanding the kingdom of God, not our own kingdom, not our own church, but the kingdom of God. God, I pray, Lord, that it would, Lord, just uh, begin to touch people's lives. God, the way that they live, God, let them be an example in their, their lifestyle. And God, the way that they love on people, the way that they touch people's lives. God, I pray, Lord, you begin to minister to them. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be like the angel, Lord, that we would respond Lord, that we would maybe start the domino, start the catalyst, God, in, in, in our church and in our family about reviving and loving souls and just telling people about this loving grace of Jesus Christ. God, it's not hard. God, it's not hard. But, Lord, I pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit goes with us, Lord, that it would minister to us. God, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. God, we just give you praise. God, we give you glory and adoration. Would everyone stand with me all across?